I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Amanda Hansen is a style coach. Today, our conversation goes way beyond how to style your body to loving and accepting your body. Amanda teaches us not to hide our bodies. She says there are no rules. You get to make the rules and dress to support the body you are in. She challenges the systems that we exist in and have been raised in that have caused us to feel badly about our bodies. I think today's conversation shows us once again to listen to ourselves more than the outside world. Amanda Hansen, welcome back to Soul Sister Conversations. Hello, Dana. You were a guest four years ago, like one of our original guests when we started the podcast, but your business has grown a lot and changed um, since then. So I thought it was time for a new conversation because I like what you talk about. I like how you encourage women, especially in relation to their bodies. Your business is simply stylish and you say you use your passion and experience to teach others how to radically love and accept who they are just by just discovering and expressing the personal style. So first of all, when you say you use your passion, what is your passion for this work? My passion is for um, all people to be able to fully accept and embrace who they are, whether it's their body, their opinions, their personality, their emotions, their experience, and being able to um, accept that about themselves and then use that to express themselves creatively, um, verbally, whether they're, they identify as um, a bold person or a caring person or a rebel or whatever it is about them that makes them unique. Um, and to be able to express that through their personal style, whatever that is. And, you know, a lot of people have come to me and said, you know, I don't have a personal style, but I truly believe that everybody does. We just have um, systems in place in our society that tries to convince us that we don't, (laughs) or, Mm. you know, whether it's about, you know, oppressing people's bodies who have differing bodies, whether they have a visible disability or they live in a large body, you know, we don't get to see representation of all bodies. And so we have been brought up in this culture and system where, you know, we're constantly being told that, you know, our bodies are different and other and that they're not worthy or that everybody needs to look and act and be the same, where it's really, it's our differences, whether it's the shape of our body, the size of our body, or how we dress ourselves or how we express ourselves, um, whatever our identity is or our social identities, that's all what makes us amazing and unique as humans. And when you're constantly being told that you're different and you're other, um, it feels isolating. And so what I want is for people to just radically embrace what makes them unique And one way that we can express that is through our style and our wardrobes. And so, you know, I was explaining this to a client the other day because she's like, Amanda, are you going to tell me what to wear, what not to wear and what looks good and what doesn't look good? And I said, 
Well, I'm going to teach you how to determine that yourself. Because if I had 10 different clients and I told them all what they should and shouldn't wear, that's just me putting my personal style on them and then they're all going to look the same. Instead, Mm. I take those 10 people and we dive into what their personal style is, what makes them feel good on their bodies, what's going to support their life, what's going to support their creativity and expression, and then teach them how to determine what feels good for them. Um, And it's all going to look, if I had those 10 clients and I teach them all how to do that themselves, they're all going to look different because they have different styles, different personalities, they have different bodies, they have different lifestyles. And I want my clients to build an intentional wardrobe that's going to support them where they're at. And then being able to uh, continue to support themselves by teaching them tools and strategies and knowledge and education and a repeatable process so that they can always uh, create a supportive wardrobe long term. They don't have to rely on somebody else telling them what they should or shouldn't wear. They're going to be able to determine that themselves. Hmm. It sounds like you do self-discovery in a way that you help people connect them to themselves. But when people reach out to you, are they looking for help with their wardrobe or are they looking to love themselves or they're walking away with something different than what what they went in with? It's different for everybody, but I would say probably close to like 95% of my clients have struggled with their body image. Um. And, you know, it's what I realized very early on in my business that their how they feel about their bodies and the relationships to their bodies is one of the biggest barriers to feeling good in their clothes. And that could be, um, you know, anti-fat bias that exists in our society that, you know, there is a lot of oppression um, and isolation and shame directed towards those uh, in larger bodies. And so we've been taught to fear um, being in a larger body because, excuse me, because it causes isolation and fear and shame and unworthiness. And so, you know, one of the biggest things that we often have to tackle is the relationship with our bodies. And so I try and teach my clients that um, they have a choice, right? They can dress in a way to try and hide their bodies. And then that can be really limiting because if we're making choices about what our bodies look like, then there's a whole, there's all kinds of clothes and situations you're not going to wear or or wear. Like so many people, they refuse to wear bathing suits, right? When they, so they're not swimming. They're not fully experiencing the joy of being able to swim in, you know, the ocean, maybe with their children or friends because their body, um, might be different than others. And so they're really limiting themselves. And so I want to teach people there are no limits. There are no rules. You get to make the rules about what you want to wear. And so I give my clients that freedom um, to, to understand that, you know, you don't have to dress to hide your body. You can dress to support your body and to treat your body with kindness And that's, you know, wearing clothes that actually fit you, wearing clothes that might be, um, you know, historically, you might have been told you can't wear that because it'll make you look big. 
you know, so I want to give my clients um, that freedom to not limit what they can wear based on their bodies. And so, you know, we, we often address that. And then that leads to a better understanding of the connection with, wow, you know, I never gave myself permission to wear color before and I do, and now I'm doing it and I feel freedom and empowerment and confidence for the first time. Hmm. And just to piggyback on a little bit what you had said about, you know, rules, people come Mm -hmm. to them, you like, and say, you're going to teach me how to do this, right? Mm -hmm. And you say there are no style rules. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get to make our own rules to create a wardrobe that feels good and that supports our body, Mm -hmm. style, and lives. And it was so funny because when I was originally preparing for the uh, podcast, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll ask her about some do's and don'ts of wardrobe. And then I'm doing the research. I'm like, yeah, bad idea. That's not what I'm supposed to be asking. But that's really important because we are, and you already spoke to it, we're, we're really kind of being conditioned and primed by what we see in the world, by these fashion shows mm-hmm. about what, like you said, will this color make me look small? Will these stripes mm-hmm. make me look fat? Will these make me look skinny? Um, uh, so what can you say more about that in terms of the style rules or, or maybe even with respect to your own clients, is there pushback on that? Or how do they uh, come to terms with there aren't style rules and that I can trust myself and wear what makes me feel good? So first off, I want to address, you know, the things in society that are convincing us that there are, there is a right way and there's a wrong way to dress. Um, so, you know, you can go into YouTube and type style and fashion and outfits, and you're going to get um, thousands of videos that, you know, say, wear this, don't wear that. You know, if you want to look expensive, wear this. If you want to look slimmer, taller, thinner, wear this and don't wear this. Right. And so when you're constantly being told that all of a sudden you're like, shit, there's rules. And what if I break them? You know, am I going to be judged? Am I going to be criticized? You know, am I going to look old? Am I going to look young? And it's like all of these fears that are really rooted in anti-fat bias, ageism, um, you know, and overconsumption. you know, a lot of these YouTubers are making money off you buying things that they suggest. And so we, we have this system of like, we're always feel like we're having to buy and buy and buy to keep up with the status quo. And my philosophy is screw the status quo. Let's question the status quo. Why, what's, what's rooted, what's, what's driving us to, to feel this way and to think this way. And I want to critically analyze that. And then on the other side, you know, some clients go in to kind of expecting that. And then what they realize is that, you know, there is some knowledge and tools that you can use when you're dressing yourself that can help you. But my approach is to here are some tips and strategies. And here's some knowledge that you've never thought of before when it comes to dressing your body. But I'm not going to tell you what to do with that information that's up to you. So I teach them like, you know, if you wear this type of neckline, if you wear this type of pant, if you, your hem of your top hits here and I get them to more critically analyze the fit and how their clothes fit on their body, because we're all, we're all made up of shapes and our clothes are made up of shapes. Right. And so our clothes are not one size fits all. There's, you know, I have really narrow hips. So a jean that is made for a curvy body is not going to look right on my body. It's just, it's not going to look right. 
Same with a person who has really curvy hips. They're not going to look there, you know, maybe a certain gene isn't going to look the same on their body. So I'm teaching them all of that knowledge and tools, but the freedom that I give them is that here's the knowledge and tools. Now you get to decide what you want to do with it. I'm not telling them you have to do any of these things. It's just to, when you put on those clothes and you're like, something doesn't fit or feel right, but I can't put my finger on it. I give them the tools to be able to ask the right questions and they will have then the answers to be like, oh, when I wear this neckline, I feel like a, you know, a linebacker in it, you know, and then when I wear this type of neckline, that helps reduce that feeling or visual for me. But I'm not telling them that, you know, if you have this body shape, this is what you can and can't wear. I don't do that. I tell them, you know, when you wear this type of neckline or, you know, if you want to do this to your clothes, these are the possible results that can happen. And so all of a sudden they have this knowledge and tools that they get to use themselves um, in a way that feels good for them uniquely. Not, you know, sometimes like I have broad shoulders. Sometimes I want to emphasize my shoulders. We're traditionally in the style industry, you know, we're told if you have a larger part of your body, do not emphasize it. <laughs> but right? sometimes I like the drama of emphasizing um, the broadness of my shoulders and the narrowness of my hips. Sometimes I don't like doing that. And now I have the knowledge and tools. If I want to emphasize it, I know how to do it. If I want to de-emphasize it or balance my shape, I know how to do it. But nobody's telling me what I can and can't wear. I get to decide what feels good to me. I like that you're teaching people to listen to themselves because uh, when people come to you, as I can imagine, and I can think of all sorts of situations where this happens is that, and perhaps people have not been taught self-reliance or to question themselves mm -hmm. and that it feels like you're pointing them back to themselves. Mm -hmm. Like listen to yourself, listen to your body, learn to listen to you instead of listening to the outside worlds, which would even be yourself if they came to you and tell me what to do right and tell me what to do wrong versus you pushing them back, coaching them to say, how does this make you feel? What do you want to do with this? Yeah. So you could really see how they can express themselves themselves creatively mm -hmm. and um, yeah and how powerful that is yeah we use we use I use mindfulness about listening mm -hmm. to your body so I teach them there are two two tools that they can use to determine what feels good for them um, I call one is the scientist part of us and one is the intuitive and so the scientist part of us um, it's about collecting data it's about doing research and so instead of putting pressure on yourself, like if you are to go shopping and being like, oh, I need to find something or feeling pressure that, you know, if I'm going to put in this amount of time shopping, I need to come up, you know, come home with something to show, you know, that, you know, to make it worth my while. But what I want them to do is to collect data, like go out shopping and just experiment with different colors, experiment with different types of pants styles and come from it from a neutral place. And you're just gathering data to be like, I like this, I don't like this, or, you know, I like this pant, but I'm not quite happy where the rise of the pant is. So now I know I need to find something higher rise or lower rise, whatever that might be. And you're just going out and experimenting and collecting data. So that's one part. And then the next part is using your intuition and that's tapping into your body and listening to your body when something feels good. And so when it's, you know, evoking a feeling that feels, you know, whatever that might be, whether it's confidence or power or strength, 
and listening to that instead of our head, because our head is where our conditioning comes into play. And that is influenced by the culture that we live in that is telling us like, your body's not good, you need to look younger, you need to look thinner, you know, whatever that might be. And then what ends up happening is that gets into our subconscious. And that sometimes takes over and is, you know, it's trying to protect us from, you know, fear and judgment. Um, but what I want is for my clients to listen to their bodies because their bodies are not going to lie to them. And then practicing, mm. you know, that courage of talking back to that part of your brain that's trying to tell you that you can't do something even when it feels good. Mm. One of the things that you said when I asked you about um, you know, your passion, you said, I want all people mm -hmm. to be able to feel good in their bodies mm -hmm. and so on. And you really expressed all people. And you, you now have gone back and got some more education. And one of them is certification in feminist coaching. Mm -hmm. And do you call yourself a, a feminist style coach? I do. And it's not, it's not, it's there to signal to people my values. And so those, um, those who understand uh, feminist theory, it's to let them know that um, I, I use my in, an intersectional feminist framework um, in my values. I use it to um, how it, it impacts how I work with my clients. It impacts the words I use. It impacts um, my style assessment. It impacts every aspect of my business, my, my marketing, what's written on my website. Um, it, it also impacts my personal life. And so now I see the world through an intersectional feminist lens. And so what that means to me, you know, feminism is, is essentially it's a movement um, to uh, dismantle oppressive systems in our society that oppresses those who are marginalized. And intersectional means understanding that people have varying social identities um, that all experience marginalization and oppression differently. And that there's some people based on their social identities who have more access to power and privilege. And then there's those with social identities that don't. And depending on your intersections of your social identities, you can be even further marginalized. So as an example, for me as a white uh, woman, I am, I experienced some oppression um, from the patriarchy because of my gender as a woman, but I also experience a lot of privilege because I'm white. And so as an example, on the other end, if you are a person of color, um, you're going to experience more marginalization because you are you have further um, access to power because of the color of your skin. Um, and then if you add, you know, if you're a trans person of color, then you're also going to be further marginalized because of your uh, gender identity. And so it's just understanding that. Um, and so that, you know, it impacts the language I use. I don't, I, I have taken gender language um, out as much as I can. I don't make assumptions about people's gender um, or their backgrounds. I don't make assumptions um, over their identities. And it's also understanding maybe how their social identities have impacted their experience of the world. And so as an example, like in my style assessment, and that's something people fill out um, before we hop on like a, a free kind of assessment call. Um, I have like, you know, what are your social identities? And, you know, are there anything that I, is there anything that I need to know so I can support you further? As an example, like if I have somebody 
um, who's neurodivergent, you know, they might have different needs that I need to be able to support in my business that might be different from somebody else who isn't neurodivergent. Like maybe I need to use bigger fonts in my um, style guides. Maybe I need to record sessions um, for them to go back and listen to again because maybe English isn't their first language or, you know, maybe they have a learning disability and they have to be able to listen to something multiple times before they can process it. And so I'm making sure that I'm thinking of those who don't have as much privilege as me and how I can support them, um, not just support people who are like me um, and, you know, or have access to a lot of privilege. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because I'm curious, how has that shifted you personally? Because I can imagine when you are conscious of the words you use, you are really trying to see the other person and meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about having that kind of training and, and, and using this in your business, how has that shifted you or, you know, or your relationship with your clients? (laughs) Uh, It's changed me radically as a person. Um, You know, how I describe it to others is that I feel like, I don't know for those who are familiar with the movie, the matrix, (laughs) but I feel like before this, um, I feel like I was living in the matrix that I was living through one worldview, one that came from a lot of privilege, um, and power and not fully understanding the experience of others in the world. And now that I can better understand those, you know, to some degree, I mean, I'm not living in their bodies and fully experiencing light, the life through their eyes and, and lived experience, but you know, trying to better understand how they move through life and creating, I want to create a world that keeps those people in mind first. Like sometimes when, you know, I'm trying to think even where I live locally, you know, is not easily accessible for those in wheelchairs. You know, we've created a community that it's really hard for people with, you know, a physical disability to move around in our community because they weren't considered when, you know, the town was being constructed or expanded. And so what I want to always do is keep these people in mind. Um, And I, you know, I examine everything now through a different lens. And so how it impacts my business, I'm just more aware of how um, the world impacts consciously and subconsciously how we feel about ourselves, how we interact with others. And it helps me to better coach my clients to understand that there may be the reason why you feel this way isn't your choice. You were born into this world. Like I'm thinking of a current client right now where, you know, she had said, I feel really subconscious in this tight shirt when I'm sitting because you can see my rolls on my belly. And, you know, she feels self-conscious because she was conditioned to believe that visible rolls on your belly is a bad thing, but it isn't (laughs) like it isn't. That's just, Mm -hmm. it's made up. It's absolutely made up. And what, what could she feel differently if she was like, there's just my skin. This is just my body. Who cares whether there are rolls? And then she, you know, I'm not saying she's just going to magically make that decision. And all of a sudden she's not going to feel self-conscious. There's a a lot of unlearning that needs to happen. And it takes a lot of effort to relearn. 
um, and create that new pathway in our brain that is telling us, you know, to hide that part of ourselves or to feel self-conscious of it. We have to create a new pathway in our brain that's that, you know, okay, I can feel safe in my body. It's not bad to have roles. I recognize Mm. this feeling is influenced by, you know, the beauty industrial complex that is telling me that fat is bad, you know, smooth skin, you know, if you don't have smooth skin, it's bad, you know, and being able to recognize that this, this is something that was conditioned to me and I don't have to believe it anymore. And so having that better understanding of how, how all of these oppressive systems influence us, I can better coach my clients to understand that, you know, these things that you're feeling, you know, this wasn't your choice to feel this way and to hopefully better critically analyze how their feelings and they can be like, oh, this isn't me. Like this isn't, I don't want to feel this way about myself. And let me examine what's going on around me to influence this. And I can critically analyze that. And then I can change how I feel about myself. Mm. And how do you support people through that process of acceptance? Because it's when you have a certain belief about yourself, it can be difficult to change, especially when the world around you reinforces it, whether it's television advertising. Um, what is the process that you do? Are you challenging them? Are you every time reminding them of their own power? How, how do you help them change that? I ask them questions. I don't force them like they get they get to feel about their bodies however they want I don't judge them for how they feel about their bodies because I don't go after people I go after systems (laughs) and so like Mm -hmm. I have a lot of compassion for people who you know are feeling that way about their bodies but I ask them questions I ask why and I get them to try and start peeling back those layers so you're going to ask yourself why and an answer is going to be revealed And then sometimes you're just, then you need to ask yourself how and why and who, like who is benefiting from me feeling this way? Often it's an industry that's making billions of dollars off of you feeling this way. Right. And so I want them to, to, you know, I kind of challenge them and it's, it's a conversation I often have even before we start working together because I can listen to how they're, you know, maybe questions that they have or the way, you know, when they explain some of their struggles with me, I can quickly realize who maybe has some work that they need to do even before we work together. Um, Sometimes some people were just not a good fit uh, because they are still in the trenches maybe of diet culture and of, you know, still in that system of like, I need to be smaller to feel better about myself. And never being open to the idea of I can accept myself um, exactly as I am doesn't mean you have to love yourself or love your body exactly as you are, um, but you can still accept and treat yourself with compassion and kindness where you are and give yourself permission to wear clothes that make you feel good in the body you have now. Um, And some people are just really resistant to that. And I'm probably not the best fit for them. Um, then there's some people who aren't there yet, but they're open to it. And by the time we're done together, they're feeling so amazing in their clothes, in the bodies that they have. They're like, I didn't know I could feel this way. Um, 
you know, I didn't have to shrink my body or change anything about my body to feel the way I'm feeling in my clothes. And that's really empowering for them. You know, and I have some Mm -hmm. clients where I might recommend that they may need to see um, counseling or a therapist if they have body dysmorphia or if they have an eating disorder, um, they may need to receive extra help um, with that. So often for them, for through the process, it's just asking them questions, asking them to be open of a new way of thinking about their bodies and the relationships they have with their bodies. And then ultimately at the end of the goal, when they have um, those knowledge and tools, and then they go out and buy clothes that make them feel amazing, you know, it's reinforced to them that they can still feel good exactly as they are. Are you absolutely amazed at the issues that come forward when people come to you as a as a style coach? And I hear you, you know, dealing with all of these issues, and it feels like there's just so much more to it. Mm. Like, what are you learning about what has happened to us with respect to our bodies and what we are being told? I... I have understanding and I have compassion, um, but I also have so much frustration. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like I'm trying to climb a really large mountain and somebody at the top is throwing rocks at me, trying to reimagine a different way of feeling about our bodies Um, trying to speak out against these systems that are really harmful and toxic. Um, All, you know, and the only reason is that they want to make money from us. Like that's, that's capitalism. That's, that is, you know, trying to convince us of insecurities that we don't need to have. And it's a lot of fear mongering. Um, And so to see people, still within those trenches and not questioning it themselves or being resistant to a different way of thinking, it can feel exhausting. It can feel isolating. And it's, you know, so what I do is I surround myself with other people who have similar values as me. um, So I don't feel alone um, Mm. in trying to convince people that, you know, our bodies are always changing, they're aging, they're uh, getting bigger, they're getting smaller, they're getting stronger, they're getting weaker. And all of those things that impact our bodies, often is out of our control, it could be a sickness that you're going through, it could be, you know, are your body's reaction to stress, like during the pandemic, a lot of bodies changed, because our bodies did what it was naturally supposed to do It was trying to keep us in survival mode. And one way that does that is by eating more, right? And so all of a sudden our bodies Mm -hmm. changed and that's okay. Our bodies are going to change again, you know, through menopause, you know, where um, your body tends to gain weight is different on a woman, you know, when they go through menopause and, you know, just recognizing all of these things can impact the way our body looks Um, And we don't have to fight it or we don't have to feel shame about it if we don't want to. And I don't know, I don't want to feel shame about my body. So, Mm. you know, I'm, I practice accepting my body as it changes. And so for me, like, I don't buy anti-aging cream because I think it's 
bullshit and it's <laughs> it's rooted in in <laughs> ageism, right? Like and it's to me it's I want to embrace my aging body. I can feel frustrated, like I'm totally frustrated that as I've aged I'm growing chin hair and I'm losing hair in other places, but then I'm gaining it under my chin. And yeah, that's freaking annoying, <laughs> right? Like we can be, <laughs> yeah. we can be frustrated and it can be hard to change, but I want to try and, and do it in a, in a compassionate, um, kind way with myself. Cause that's, that's important to me. Mm. I'm curious because you say you don't go after people, you go after systems. Mm-hmm. And we don't even realize what the systems that we live mm-hmm. in. And you spoke about, you know, I don't buy anti-aging cream. And I'm just curious from your perspective, what are some ways that we can help fight the system? So you're not the only person on the mountain get trying to climb it and being thrown rocks at. Like, what are some things that you can see that we can all do uh, to contribute to, you know, to uh, stop this you know, battle with ourselves because other people are telling us we should do it. I think the first thing is actually where you start is mindfulness, being aware of your own feelings and emotions, because, you know, we're in this age of society where we're constantly being inundated with information. Um, We're reacting to it. And sometimes we're not fully aware that we're reacting negatively to it or it's making us feel bad. So the first thing is being able to slow down and be present and being intentional um, and and listening to your body and what your body is telling us. Like, and it may not always be triggered right away because I have to say like, you know, there's so many shows now that I go back when I first watched it, things that they said didn't bother me. Now going back and watching it, knowing what I know, like I'm re-watching a favorite show of mine. And there's so much body shaming said in the script of this show. And it is almost in every episode. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is awful how much body shaming and fat shaming is going on in this show. But the first time I watched it, it was a norm for me. It was, it was normal to say bad things about larger bodies. And to be afraid of being in a larger body and to judge people in a larger body. That was a norm, right? So sometimes, you know, we're not always aware um, of these negative things. And so I guess it's, you know, the next step would be just to question things more. Like is an example. So I'll give the example of the anti-aging cream. Pay attention to who are in those commercials. All women. They're not Mm. targeting men. They're targeting Women, you know, good point. Women, you know, we're the ones that are not allowed to age. We have to, you know, essentially it's sexism, right? That's, that's the system that is rooted in that it's ageism and sexism is that we need to look beautiful. We need to be objectified. We need to be attractive that our worth is tied to how desirable and attractive we look. And society as a whole has decided that smooth skin is more attractive than wrinkled skin. But like, it's all, it's all made up and it's usually rooted in a system that benefits those with more power and privilege. And so just question things more when you see them, like for the person, you know, this latest fad diet, you know, who is it, who is benefiting from telling me what I should and shouldn't eat and being able to recognize that like, everybody is different. So like, 
one diet is not going to work for everybody. And then the other thing is do your research. Diets are proven to only work like 5% of the time, 95% of the time they don't work. And often people gain the weight back and more after a diet. And so that is like, that's actually rooted in scientific research now. And so it's like, when we know that 95% of diets don't work, why are there so many and why are so many people doing them? And then ask yourself, like, why do I have to lose weight? Like, can I love my body as it is? Maybe, you know, you want your body to be stronger, your body, you can make your body stronger. I know people who have a, you know, I, I weigh 140 ish pounds, I'm guessing, you know, I know people who weigh double my weight and who are stronger than me. You can be strong in a larger body. You can be healthy at any size. You don't have to be thin. Like I have a chronic illness and I'm in a thin body, but people might think, assume that I'm healthier than somebody else just because I'm in a thin body. I have a chronic illness that impacts food. (laughs) So like we can't make assumptions like that. And so I just want people just to question things more. Um, look at differing opinions of your own. And, you know, there's tons of people who teach about intuitive eating and joyful movement instead of moving, you know, to punish your body and eating through restriction where we know, you know, restriction causes eating disorders and disordered eating and obsessions and fear of food. Those are not good things. So, Uh, I just want people to question things more and to seek out differing views and just be open that there might be a different way to feel about yourself. And anytime I hear conversation like this, it always comes up for me to listen to yourself. It's this, you know, turn away from the outer world Mm -hmm. and turn inward and listen to yourself. Because if you were listening to yourself, you probably wouldn't be concerned about anti-aging cream or what the latest trend is. You're just asking, how do I feel? How, what, how do I want to feel? What, what is happening within me? And, you know, I think often we live unconscious lives. Mm -hmm. And if we were really truly conscious, we would be listening to ourselves Mm -hmm. and not being uh, led uh, by the greater role around us, you know, listening to their voice more than, than our own telling us what we should be um, doing. So it, for me, it's really about taking your power back. It is. So I'll give an example. Um, I have a large dark birthmark on my leg and from as, as long as I can remember, I was ashamed of it and nobody told me to be ashamed of it. It was just I recognize that my body looked different than other people around me at a young age. And that is ingrained in us, right? Like for survival, for humans, for survival, one of our instinct is that we need to be in community for survival. We need to be able to share resources with each other. And in order to be in community, we need to be accepted, right? And so when we see ourselves different than others, then there's that fear of, well, I'm different. I might not be accepted by my peers or my community. And so, you know, there is that aspect of us that, you know, is is in us, but we can, we can take control of that. (laughs) You know, we, we're not, you know, cavemen anymore. Like we, we, we don't have to listen to those instincts. And so, you know, at a very young age, I was always dressing to hide that birthmark. Um, when I went to the beach, I, I made choices about what I wore in my body to hide that birthmark. I remember like when I was being intimate with uh, a boyfriend, like right before my, <laughs> this might be too much information, but like before my, <laughs> my clothes came off, I'm like, just so you know, 
I have a large birthmark on my leg. Like I felt like I had to like warn them that they're going to see this, this birthmark. And so when I started this work five years ago, you know, I, I live in a thin body, so I, I didn't have a lot of, you know, conditioning around my body though. You know, obviously I've always had people comment on my body and not always nicely. And, you know, I live with that and those voices in my head, but my biggest thing was my birthmark. And I remember one day thinking like, wait, (laughs) I don't have to hide this anymore. Like there's no reason for me to feel shame about this. And so I made the conscious decision that I'm no longer going to dress to hide this birthmark. And you know, the first few times I wore a bathing suit that didn't hide it and I was going in public, it felt uncomfortable. And I had to fight and boss back that voice in my head. And even like my body would take over and do the things that it would do naturally to try and hide it. Um, And I had to actively fight back against that um, and remind myself, no, this this is just a part of my body. It's different. That's okay. Um, If people comment on it, like, I'll just say it's a birthmark, you know, because kids, you know, sometimes they'll say stuff and they'll ask questions when they see something different. But, you know, and at first, you know, it was really uncomfortable, but then I practiced that. Um, practice that over time and it, it doesn't bother me at all anymore. The voice in my head is no longer there. And it, it takes time. It takes time to unlearn and relearn that. Absolutely. And I think we can all resonate with that, that the voice you have to push back and boss it, boss it back so that you don't hear that, that outer voice telling you how you should feel or and yeah, how I should dress because I was making decisions, how you, should you know, dress. what was impacting how I felt about myself was I was making, I was limiting what I could wear based on trying to hide a part of my body. And did that make me feel good? No, it didn't. Cause it was limiting. It was oppressive. And I hate people telling me what to do, even sometimes myself. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're not going to boss me around anymore and make me feel bad about my body. I'm going to choose to feel good about my body and no longer hide this. And that made me uh, feel so empowered um, and more free. I love this conversation because it is, it was, it's so deep. It's more than uh, about personal styling. It's about, you know, about ourselves and, and, and I like your perspective and how you challenge us to think differently about it. If people want to work with you, um, first of all, how, how do they do that? And can, I don't know if you, you if there's an ideal client, because you, you've said sometimes it's not a mm-hmm. fit. So what would people do if they think that this is, feels like something I would like to do? How do they begin that process to see if it's even a fit for both of you? Well, so, you know, go to my website, you know, read about me, uh, read about my services. So my website is simplystylish.ca. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is Simply Stylish Inc., like I-N-C. And on Instagram, it's simplystylish.ca. Um, and, you know, look at some of my content. Read some of my blogs that I have. I, you know, I used to have a podcast as well. You know, even though I don't talk about wardrobes in my previous podcast, um, you get a sense of who I am and my values you know, to, to make sure that I am a good fit for you. And, you know, look through some of my services. I have three different services. I have um, an, a self-guided online course um, called Embrace and Dress Your Body. And then I have uh, one package called Style Confidence, where we dive into um, developing and understanding and clarifying your personal style. And we also, you also get access to my self-guided course about dressing your body. 
And then I have a more um, intensive and supportive wardrobe transformation package where we uh, really build that supportive wardrobe for, my, for yourself from beginning to end. And um, so those are my services and how I work with clients. And so if you want to know if it's a good fit, go to my website. And under each service, I have like, you know, fill out my freestyle assessment. And so that's where you go and you fill out my, my kind of like my questionnaire so I can better understand you your background, your challenges, your goals. And then we schedule uh, like a free 30 minute call where we just chat so I can better understand you and I can share my, my process with you to make sure it's a good fit. Um, Cause I, you know, when I work with my clients, I want it to be a hell yes. Like I want them to be excited and not hesitant and that they know that they're ready to do this work um, because you know, there is some work that's involved on their part. I like, I like to give homework. My, I have my master's in education. And so homework is important. And, um, you know, they have work that they need to do too, as well. So that's, that's the best way to reach me. Hmm. Is there anything you wanted to say about this topic that I haven't asked you about? I think you asked really good questions. I think, um, I think you nailed it when you knew not to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, there's no do's and don'ts, but like, I have style tips, but they're probably not what people think they would be, right? Like my style <laughs> tips are to, you know, to, you know, the first thing is like examine your relationship with your body and like examine how that might impact you. You know, a style tip would be to like figure out what colors make you feel good. And yes, you can hire, you know, a color analysis and have somebody else tell you what colors work for you. Or you can just pay attention to your body and try different colors and figure out what colors excite you and let that guide you instead. So like my style tips would be definitely different than your regular do's and don'ts um, because I believe that my clients will eventually get to determine what's a do and a don't for themselves. Well, thank you, Amanda, for this amazing conversation. I've learned a lot today. It, it, I guess there's one thing from doing podcasts and having conversations like this is that it, it helps me grow mm -hmm. too um, as we share this information. So I appreciate your insight. Thank you for taking the time. I'm so glad uh, that you invited me again, Dana. That was such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at Coach Dana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.